0: You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast, and you probably tuned in last week. You better have. I mean, if you didn't, what the heck's wrong with you? Unless you're a new, a new uh, listener. We're getting a lot of them, fast and furious. And we had Roto World's Thor Nystrom on to talk quarterbacks and running backs since then he's pumped out article after article tight ends wide receivers guards centers tackles and he is back to discuss Thor what is up brother
0: uh I'm doing well Matt man uh best time of the year we're almost at Christmas we only got a couple more weeks left so just can't wait man
1: coming down the home stretch here I know it's quick that's right um one thing we've done a live draft talk here over the last month or so and have some really good guests on. But I kind of feel as though I have neglected the big men. I, I don't think we've talked a lot of offensive linemen. And your tackle rankings and profiles came out today. Like I said, guards and centers were out recently. So that stuff's happening very you know, timely for you. And I would think these big guys are fresh on your mind.
0: They are. Yeah, they, they are. You know, we went through centers, we went through guards, went through tackles. So yeah, they are as fresh as could be. And I'm ready to talk about them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Overall, what do you think of the line class compared to recent years? I mean, there's no Jonathan Ogden coming out, but I mean, there, there's some guys.
0: Correct. Yeah. Um, And you you know, at the very, you know, it's in some ways, it's like the receiver class, you know, which we talked about a little bit last time in that, there's there's a lot of guys and the depth is good and and there's a flavor for every taste in this class, but perhaps not that elite, you know, top five level talent. But, man, if if you're a team like the Vikings, say, which just mm-hmm. badly needs offensive line help and is sitting there at the end of the first round, um, it, it's a really good, cl- you know, a really good position to be in because you could just sort of see the couple guys that go ahead of you and you should have options there.
1: Houston comes to mind there, too. Like, I'd be shocked if a a lineman doesn't fall to Houston, doesn't go to Minnesota. And even the Rams at 31, to me, their biggest needs interior offensive line. I think they're in a pretty good shape to get one of these guys, too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on the board you look at, you're going to see – seven first-round grads, eight mm-hmm. eight first-round grades, nine first-round grades on offensive linemen. And there's a handful here that that I would legitimately um, give first-round grades to. So, you know, again, I, I don't have a guy in that top five, but I have a ton of them just outside of that tier, you know, once we start getting into 10 to, you know, 40 or 50.
1: Let's start with the centers because I've looked at some of these mock drafts and – one thing I've noticed, and this isn't you know up your alley as, as much as we're going to talk about the specific players, but there's not a lot of landing spots for centers. I mean, there's probably two, three teams that could really use a starter. And then I've noticed that once those guys get full, some of these mocks that I trust, you know, that some good centers are going to fall to the fourth, fifth round, just because there's not as much of, there's not a 10 teams that need a starting center right now.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And the other thing I would say is in my rankings, I put, you know, I, I drifted a lot of, of these guard dash centers to center, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to give to give more options with that. There's a lot of versatility here, though. You know, you talk about obviously Garrett Bradbury is he's the number one center. He's, he's going to be the first center taken. You play him at center. The kid's a prodigy. But behind him, Eric McCoy is a guy that can play center or either guard position. Elton Jenkins is a kid who at uh, Mississippi State, he played four offensive line positions. The only one he didn't was one of the guard positions. I, I think it was right guard, but he's played left tackle, right tackle, you know, started center last year, um, and he also has time at guard. Mike Michael Jordan from Ohio State, another kid who's played all over the place. Uh, Gayard from, from Georgia is another guy that, that can play guard or center. Uh, McGovern from Penn State, another one. Pierschbacher from Alabama. These guys are sort of interchangeable in there, so yeah, I mean, they, they, they sort of offer you if you don't need a center, but perhaps you could use a little bit of emergency depth. You can draft one of these guys as a guard and then just you know sort of have it in your back pocket if we get uh, a rash of injuries at center we can always use that kid there later
1: yeah a team like the Chargers comes to mind in that regard they have Pouncey at center but they really could use guard help that maybe if Bradbury's the best guy there you take him or one of those other two you mentioned at the top put him at guard for the time being Pouncey won't last forever he scooches inside sooner than later Um, you mentioned the names at the top of your list there at center. How many of those guys do you project as true NFL starters?
0: Um, at at center. Yeah. Right.
1: I I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's, who would you look at and say that's a starting NFL center all day long? I mean, other than Bradbury.
0: I would say three for sure. Okay. Yeah, Bradbury, M- McCoy, and Jenkins. I feel really good about. Mike Jordan is a guy that I go back and forth on because I'm not quite sure where you play him. You know, some people think he's a tackle, some people think I'm he's a guard. That. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, big. I mean, he's six
1: six ish, right? Yeah.
0: He, yeah, huge. Six six three twelve. Um, and his dimensions are all. He, I mean, huge wings. He has an eighty-three inch wingspan. Um, and, and you know, he's a kid that can do a lot of different things. He was a lot of recruit going to Ohio State. Played right away, and they moved him all over the place. He can do a lot of things, but he. You wonder if he is a kind of tweener. Um, th- that would be my only question with him. But at the very worst, a guy like Jordan, he's going to be. You know, I mean, he could be a six man if you're if you're talking like in in NBA terms. At the very worst. And, but I think you're probably going to get a starter there, you know, depending on where a team wants to use them.
1: I find it funny, by the way, because in my, I've been doing this much longer than you. And in my lifetime, some Michael Jordans have come into the league. But <laughs> these parents knew who the Michael Jordan was when they named this guy Michael, by the way. So they had some athletic arrogance
0: to go into to start this. <laughs> yeah. And I, <laughs> I guess they've been vindicated to it to a yeah, certain
1: man, degree. Because the NFL, we got a full ride to Ohio State. That's good enough. Um, all right, the top three then. Bradbury's more of a movement type guy, correct? But I yes. mean, he can do it all. I mean, he's the number one guy. He's a star, you know, maybe a Pro Bowl type center where McCoy and Jenkins, are they more power players?
0: Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, and ju- and just a word on on Bradbury. Movement, movement, movement. Mm-hmm. You know, he he went to NC State as a tight end and they basically tried him at all these different positions. You know, he he went to tight end, they tried him at, at defensive line just for a hot second. Um and then they started, you know, working him in at at, at offensive line. He eventually found his way to center. Um very, 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 very athletic. I mean, he he can make any block you want. You, you know, you send him out to the second level, all this different stuff. They he was used as a weapon for NC State. You know, let take out the linebacker, all these different things. Love that kid. Um, and then you, you go no, to but McCoy. Before we jump.
1: I just want to sure. tell my audience one thing that, and I've mentioned this, but not often. A, a real recruiting trick, and I did that for four years at Pitt and Akron, was bring in body type guys. Bring in. Six three, six four, tight end DNs that are 16, 17, 18 years old. Feed them steaks and lobster for two years. Keep them in the weight room, and they're going to turn into starting left tackles or centers or three techniques or power defensive ends. Get as many of those types as you can. You know, those tight ends that are athletic that can, or you know, are going to grow and pack on 50 pounds over their time at your college. And that's what, this, that's what Bradbury sounds like to me.
0: Matt, it, it's so interesting you say that because, you know, Bradbury came in sub 250 in, in, into college. Chris Lindstrom, my number one guard who went to Boston College, he came in at 235 yeah. out, out of high school. That's great. And then, That's uh, exactly what you want. Exactly. And my number one tackle, Andre Dillard, came in at 6'4", 240, mm. and he was earmarked for left tackle. He played left tackle in, in high school as well, and people just missed him. You know, he he was up there in the Northeast, and the only two uh, FBS scholarship offers he got, of course, was to Wazoo. The other one was to Idaho, who skipped down to the FCS level. So when people think of Andre Dillard, if if Wazoo had not offered Andre Dillard a scholarship, we would be talking about an FCS player here, you know, regardless, even yeah. if he'd signed with Idaho. Um, so yeah, and that's great. They're your top
1: guys in each position too. You know I mean? Yeah. Our strength coach, buddy Morris used to get mad at us. if We bring in, you know, a 310 pound kid that was chubby. He'd be like, marbleized meat never gets strong enough, man. Give me those lean kids and let me bulk them up.
0: It's it's so interesting. You said you know I I made a note about that. Like the, <laughs> you sort of have this market inefficiency for college coaches out there if they want to sort of Billy Bean Moneyball this thing. And it's exactly what you're saying. Look for tight ends or look for guys at other positions who are like you know sub two fifty guys who have broad shoulders. Yep. they're good athletes, but they just lack foot speed. Maybe Those they play guys basketball you- and you know they, they couldn't keep the weight on and
1: just feed them steaks.
0: And a lot of these kids did play basketball. You know, yeah. a, a, a lot of these different guys we're talking about. So, yeah, I, I love that note.
1: Um, let's take a quick break and then I are get to this guard class. It's a pretty good group, too. Thor touched on the top guy. Uh, we'll be back here in a moment. All right. Tell me about this top guard in the class. Another uh, tight end conversion type body type guy.
0: Yeah, man, Chris Lindstrom is is very fun. You know, a kid who who grew up around Boston, he's he's a legacy guy. His father Chris is in the Boston College Hall of Fame. His brother Alec is actually on the Boston College team as well as an offensive lineman and an uncle played offensive line as well. Um, you know, he and 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 by the way, the dad was was the coach at, at Shepherd Hill at, the, at their high school, developed both Alec and and Chris Jr. Um, You talk about another kid with movement skills. A lot of the same things that we talked about with Garrett Bradbury apply here. Um, He's a guy that can make any block that you want, um, technique, athleticism, and drive you know and, and also a very, very smart guy. you watch the film of, of Lindstrom you're going to get shades of Quentin Nelson in terms of Ooh. that sixth sense where he's got like eyes in the back of his head and he's got him on you know on his temples and he, he sees the guy you know who the, the free blitzer and he's able to peel off his double team and, and take that guy out. Um, he's not a coat it, machine it, like like,
1: <laughs> like uh, Nelson though is he I mean there's a few people no. built like Quentin Nelson in terms of his power and stockiness.
0: Yeah, just in terms of the intelligence, in terms of body type, it's completely different. You yeah. know, Lindstrom was a guy who had to pack on all that weight. He he has gotten up to 308 at, at this time, but he's not going to get much bigger than that. You know, he was the guy that came in at at 235, 6'4", 235, and they just bulked him up from there. And this is an interesting note to people out there. So, so Lindstrom was, you know, he's this overlooked recruit. Boston College ends up taking a flyer on him. I believe the only other FBS scholarship offer that Lindstrom had was from Old Dominion. UMass looked at him didn't didn't even offer a scholarship to to Lindstrom so he's this 235 pound three-star recruit who goes into the ACC he started nine games as a true freshman wow yeah that speaks volumes dude yeah it it really does and, and you know listen he wasn't that good as a true freshman obviously you know he he'd gotten up to 260 at that time but just kept working bulking up and getting better and better and better and better and right now you're talking about a guy freak of an athlete 96.6 percentile with spark in, in his testing uh the the technique is Sublime, you know it's a it's a how to video. We talked about the intelligence. Lindstrom's going to be one of the NFL's best athletes in the interior offensive line from day one in the NFL. Mm. I'm super bullish on him. Top twenty five prospect for me.
1: I mean, it, with a gun to your head, you're saying he's going to a Pro Bowl or two. I mean, he's that type of prospect, don't you think? I-
0: I, I would say, yeah. And the one thing that he struggles with, and it's, it's not even fair to say struggles with, but the power thing, mm-hmm. he's not, a, he's not a road grader in the run game. He's more of a seal you off type of a guy, but you know, that's nitpicking and speed does nothing to this kid. Like, um, I, I, I included a video in my column of him uh, running Brian Burns around the pocket when they had Lindstrom playing right tackle against FSU. So, um, he, you know, he, he's just a kid that could do a whole lot of things. And you could also move. I mean, listen, I I would have him earmarked for guard. But if you wanted to play him at center, he certainly could. And you probably wouldn't want to play him at tackle, but he would succeed if you did.
1: Dalton Risner from Kansas State kind of seems like a different type, that he's a nasty, powerful 6'5", you know, maybe a right tackle and a pinch in the olden days, you know, when right tackle and left tackle had a lot more distinction. Am I right about that one too?
0: You are. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of the opposite type uh, yeah. prospect type where uh, some people think Risner can hang at right tackle. I love Risner, but I, I, I ranked him with the guards because even though Risner was awesome in pass protection in college and, and awesome. I'm, I'm talking elite. you know, he even shut down Montez sweat when they played Mississippi state in the non con back in September. But he, he, even so he struggles with speed uh, and he always is going to, you know, he's a guy who's a little bit sluggish off the snap and his movement skills just aren't there. But I, I compare him to Michael Myers from, from the Halloween movies because he <laughs> doesn't move very fast, but he doesn't stop coming. And when he gets his hands on you, it's end scene. It's it's game over.
1: I love that. That's great. Um, the next two, I think you have a little bit higher than consensus. You know, Drew Samaya from Oklahoma and then Hajalti Froholt from Arkansas. I've read it. That's the first time I've had to say it from Arkansas. <laughs> Tell me about those
0: two. Yeah, uh, Save is just really fun when you're watching the film because he- he's just like a wild child out in the jungle just going around and, you know, just raging around, throwing people around. Um, he he needs a little bit of work, um, specifically technical work, and we need to get him to play a little bit more You know, under control. Even even though a part of his special sauce is just sort of brawling with kids, but he, you know, that because of the technique, he can get crossed up and he can also get goaded. You know, sometimes with with false steps and stuff like that. Um, But to me, he's he's a he's a character from Street Fighter. You know, he he's a guy that's going out there to fight and he is going to move uh, bodies and he's going to let you know when he buries you in the ground. You know, he's he's one of those offensive linemen that talks a little trash and you know some people don't like the vinegar and the blood of offensive. Lyman to that degree but I I love it and I, I really like his potential at the next level there's a couple of the Oklahoma offensive linemen that honestly I thought were a bit overrated compared to the consensus that the, their other guard Ben Powers would be an example of that okay. but Um, Samia is a guy that I I really like, despite some, you know, some limitations. You know, we we talk about technique. He's not the best athlete in the world. But, man, on the field, he moves so much quicker than he does in in shorts. He gets on top of you really quickly. You know, screen game, blocking downfield, all these different things. He is a blur, and he's coming to wipe you out.
1: I mean, it sounds like he plays to the echo of the whistle, and it sure wouldn't shock me if he's an 8-10 to year starter then some team's really happy with him and runs behind him in short and hard situations, those type of guys.
0: A hundred percent. And, you know, guys that I tend to bump up or like more, say, than the consensus are guys that I know are going to scratch and claw to get every inch of their ceiling. And he, he's a guy that I trust. If I bring him in, I know he's going to work and work and work and work. And hopefully, you know, like I said, hopefully we can fine tune a couple parts of his game, but I, I do not doubt his ability or, you know, his want to want to to work.
1: Give me the thumbnail on the Arkansas dude whose name I just butchered the hell out of.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to call him Froholt. Oh, uh, the first name though is pronounced Yelda. Okay, so when you're at your, your draft party, it it definitely does not is not spelled like Yelda, but that's that's how you pronounce that first name. Um he's a guy that I'm higher on than than the consensus and a lot of it has to do with context. You know, people love this kid initially. He's he's a kid from Denmark. Um he was a rugby player growing up. Mm-hmm. Um he he came to the states, started football really late. Um, But he acquitted himself extremely well at the end of high school to the point where he was a top 250 um, overall recruit coming out of high school. Arkansas got him with Bielema. It, it was an inspired choice, I thought, by by Froholt to get a guy that that is known for developing offensive linemen. And he started out very well at Arkansas. And then the Arkansas football program cratered. You know, in 2017, it was an absolute mess. Everyone knew Bielema was going to get fired. The offense went into the tank. Um, you know, Belama just did not recruit well enough to hang there with, with the type of this the style of football you want to play in the SEC. I think that hurt. Uh, you know, not only Froholt, but but his you know, some of his teammates as well, it, it just didn't flatter him very much. And then the next year, this past season, they hired Chad Morris, you know, an old Clemson uh, offensive guy. And he installed that same sort of system, the the uptempo spread system. That's not what Froholt signed up for. That's that that's not his game. Um but, you know, I mean, he he still played solid. But when when you see him on tape, there is a little bit of regression from some of that type stuff. But I, you know, I, I try to bake the context in with all my evaluations, you know, wh- whether we're talking receivers, running backs, or offensive lineman, and for me Froholt is a guy who was still ascending and and he was done no favors the past two years he was a kid that really had to go to a stabilized situation you know that could develop him and I think when he was coming out of high school that was what Arkansas appeared to be and unfortunately for him at the end there it didn't quite happen but he's a big kid he he he's he's at least an average NFL athlete heading in you know as far as his testing goes um and he tries real hard um you know he, he not elite power not elite movement but he's good in both right and and he tries real hard um he's been he's been developed he's been getting better the the technique is going to continue to improve so i i just think he's a guy when you go into the NFL because of all these different tools once he gets in a stabilized situation with a good coaching staff i think we can start to isolate those three or four things in his pro file that all are all are fixable and i think his game plays up from there
1: that's good stuff uh, we're gonna come back here in a minute to talk tackles uh quick break coming all right we are back and you alluded to it andre dillard is your number one tackle um many consider him the best athlete of the three the the best in protection not a killer in the run game jonah williams is number two that's a guy i've talked about a lot from alabama Really, really solid, low bust potential. Some people are worried about his arm length, and I I don't see any concerns there at all. I mean, I think this guy's going to be a long-term guy. And then Jawan Taylor, you have third. And my bet, if I were to put a chip down of who's going to be the first offensive lineman off the board, I would bet on Taylor. And that's not to say that he's the best of the three. I just think he has the best chance of ending up with the Giants or Cincy or... Jacksonville, or there's a lot of teams in that top 12 or so that could really use, you know, a pure right tackle with a lot of upside. Tell me what you like and dislike from the top three and why you ordered them the way way you did.
0: Yeah. So for, for Dillard, for me, he's just sort of the next generation type, um, offensive tackle prospect. You know, we, we talked before about in, in high school, he was an undersized left tackle, you know, and then Wazoo Mm -hmm. took the flyer on him, was able to develop him. Um, coming out, it's, it's really funny. I include this in the write-up, but coming out, his ESPN scouting report was talking about how tenacious Andre Dillard was in the run game and mm. how he got after it and he brawled with people. And the one thing ESPN wanted to see was more reps and pass protection. And boy, did he pick the right place to go. <laughs> yeah, uh, for- right you know, four, four years under air raid Yoda, as I call him, Mike Leach. And, you know, he, he was left tackle the whole time, you know, the first year it it was in practice, but he got all those, those, those reps in practice. And then last three years, he's been the starting left tackle for Wazoo pass pro rep, pass pro rep, pass pro rep. Um, he he's, he's, he's become very polished with that. His first two years as a starter, he was just sort of, you know, solid, uh, PAC 12 guy, but nothing special. He was more of an athlete than a football player. And this year, everything just clicked, you know, Gardner Minshew. Who came in as a grad transfer and Dillard showed up a different player? Um, pass protection is just south of elite. Um, I think he only gave up one sack this past season. His 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 grades, you know, from PFF and stuff like that were outstanding. Um, athleticism is insane. Tested in the 97th percentile at 6'5, 315. Um, and rapid, rapid improvement is, is what I like to see. You know, a, a kid that ascended so quickly, I think there's a lot more ceiling there um, to develop. And so that's okay. why I ranked him one. The question. I have you alluded to one of them. It's not that I think he's a poor run blocker. It's just that Uh, there's a question that comes out because of the system he played in, you know, in the same way we got to see so much of him in pass pro, we did not get to see as much of him in, you know, in in the run game because, you know, was uses, uses the run game as a change of pace thing. They have those huge splits between the offensive linemen, four to five feet. Um, So, so the, the split thing is another thing. Although when he went to the senior bowl, they cut those splits in half and he did just fine. The only other question you would have with him, you could consider him, I suppose a one year wonder, but I really don't because he started and he was fine. The, the you know the couple years before that, and then this year everything just started to come together. So, but he's I'm ascending for sure,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's that is that one of the things you like most about him. I mean, is this guy is getting better, getting better. We might the best might be yet to come. Three years from now, he might be a perennial Pro Bowl left tackle
0: that's 100% right. Yeah. I, I think he is just on the start, just on the cusp of this, of this curve where, where he's just going up. He's just started, he's on that elevator and I think he's just going to keep shooting up. That's why I put him ahead of Jonah, even though I love Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a guy who's been comp to, to Jake Matthews. Joe Thomas is his, is his idol and his mentor. But I, I think Jake Matthews is probably closer in terms of the comp with Jonah. What the first thing I think about with Jonah is genius level football IQ, you know, wow. an, another guy, who seems to have eyes everywhere Um, his technique is insane you know you can tell that this is a kid who's been watching coaching youtube videos and he's been out in the backyard you know up against the oak trees and stuff like that working on his technique all that kind of stuff he he is never out of position his his feet are always doing the correct thing his hands are always doing the correct thing his hands are insane i mean he's he's got the the hands of a boxer he's a dogged worker he's a technical whiz the, the, the things that you wonder about with Jonah, you know, obviously he's a poor athlete. He only tested uh, 17.7th percentile um, at the combine. He's a bit smaller, um, you know, 6'4", 302, doesn't have um, very long arms. But he's a kid where you try to think about Jonah Williams failing. And I, I just can't picture it. You know, he was a guy that, that sure. won the right tackle job right away, right when he got onto campus at Alabama. Then they switched him to left tackle when Cam Robinson left. And he's, he's dominated, you know, ever, ever since he was there on all these elite teams. So I'm very bullish on Jonah. He'll figure it out.
1: And the guys he went against in practice really aren't that different than who he's going to play in his rookie year. Oh, <laughs> you know just, I mean? Even the backups. Right, yeah. right. I mean, the kids that we, don't, we haven't even heard of yet. Um, tell I me mean, a little it, bit more about t- it go it ahead, go ahead. Was before. Taylor's yeah. more of the prototype though, right? I mean, if he walked in the door, I'd pick Taylor over the other two.
0: Yeah, well, Taylor's—I I would say that he's the prototype right tackle. Whereas okay. for okay. yeah, Dillard's the prototypical left tackle. But you don't want to play Taylor um at on the left side. I don't think the movement is quite there. Uh, I I think he can. Uh, I'm I'm talking about Taylor. I think he can hang a right tackle. Um, but if he doesn't, he's going to be a stud guard. But you know the the things you talk about with him—he's a absolute bulldozer. Um, quick feet, and he's strong as an ox. You know, he he's the kind of guy I I, I sort of consider him like an electrical fence because you'll see some. of these edge rushers the SEC just you know try you know try to you know go around him and then we'll try to bowl into him and the second they touch the guy it's like they got zapped you know like the 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 energy just sort of goes out of them (laughs) um and and so yeah just in terms of power I I love him the 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 issues that he has right now Taylor's sort of the opposite of some of those guys we were talking about earlier where Taylor came into college weighing like 385 Mm. he was this a enormous kid and Florida told him they wouldn't offer him a scholarship unless he lost weight. And I think Taylor got that message from some of the other schools. Cause he had, he had offers from Florida state, Georgia, um, Ohio state, you know, some, some really big names. Um, but you know, even though he slimmed down his, his feet have gotten a lot better. Very, like I said, very quick feet combos can still get to him counter move, stuff like that. Um, he you know the, the the way his weight moves around you you can trick him you, you know with with stuff like that he also uh too many penalties like at this time and and he's one of those guys who you can tell like before the games he's like listening to like you know hard hard rap music or hard rock music he's really getting himself jazzed up and when he goes out there he's a little bit um you know fidgety like he's plugged into a socket and mm. I just want to see him tone it down just a bit while still staying a killer
1: some of those guys. I mean, they can just lean on people in high school and, you know, they don't need technique. I mean, and then they also are an object in motion remains in motion. You know, like that they don't change directions or adapt all that well. It looks like he has reinvented himself in his college career, though, which is impressive. Um, and there, and there, obviously, there's some work ethic that goes with that. Cody yep. Ford. Some. I mean, my hunch is... He could be a dominant power guard, but let's start him at tackle first and see how it goes.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting because Cody Ford and Dalton Risner are, are two of the big guys in this class where when you look at different people's rankings, you know, you're apt to see both a tackle, both a guard, one a tackle, one a guard. Um, the way that I differentiated that, you know, I put Risner with the guards for the reasons I discussed before with Ford, even though he's shorter than Risner, he has very long arms. So, so the length is there. And then especially the movement, um, you know, he, he's a kid that moves very well. And with that length, he uses it very good in pass protection. Um, You know, at Oklahoma, obviously they had a pass-happy offense. Ford got to play on the outside this year. You know, got got to kick outside when 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 Orlando Brown went to the NFL. Moved Evans to the other side, and Ford got to play right tackle this year. Um, acquitted himself very, very, very well in 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 pass protection was was one of the things I was most impressed with because that's the thing you would have wondered about. So I I love that um, the, the way that he uses his quickness and his length maybe to mitigate um, you know s- s- some of the other different stuff. Um, he's in the run game. He's a finisher. He's he's going to try to put you in the dirt. Um, and motor the, the, the kid doesn't, you know, he he doesn't quit. Um, the, he, he's another kid though, that can can get crossed up by those counters. You know, like I was talking about with Taylor and that's where some of the stuff comes up with, well, you know, if we moved him into guard, some of that stuff wouldn't be as big of an issue. But, um, for me, I, I want to start Ford at tackle. I want him to fail there in camp before we kick him to guard, because I know he's going to be a stud guard. We know that a hundred percent. Let's just see if he can play right tackle first.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it. And the, of course, we're getting out of time, but there's, and everyone needs to check out your ranks and really get into these even more than our conversation. But one name I bet people that are listening don't know that you have high, I've heard a lot of good things about him, Northern Illinois' Max Sharping. We're going to end on him. Tell me all about him.
0: Yeah, I like Max Sharping a lot. For me, he's a top five tackle. I I, I know that I'm in the minority about that, but perfect frame 66 327 um, he didn't test the best he he's his game is not built on athleticism um, but he's a, a, he's another one of those super smart kids um, he he graduated I think with a 3.99 in one class he got an a minus he already has his master's degree and he's a student of the game as well you know he's he's a guy who's like a pool shark where he's he he's he's a student of angles and a master of angles um, in terms of depth in terms of footwork he is always in the right spot um and he can compensate based on the guy across from him you know whether he's a power guy whether he's a speed guy um and he does it seamlessly you know he he seems to me like a kid that that grinds the film all the time that mm. he is watching his opponents to when, when you watch safe. him
1: you know like he chances are this t- guy's not gonna bust if he's doing those things
0: to to me, a hundred percent, yes. Yeah. He he's one of those guys who his you know he doesn't move very well when you put him in shorts, but when you see him on the field and he's shuffling against some of these these speed rushers, he, it's it's like his lower half is is knows the lower half of the other guy. It's just imperfect uh, concert with him. It's it, it's sort of like a mimic situation, and so he's able to to mitigate his lack of athleticism with with brains, with work, with frame with length, um, everything just sort of goes together. And when you, when you look at the combination of those things, you look at a kid who is absolutely dominant in, in the Mac um, throughout, you know, was one of college football's best offensive linemen. So I think he's going to be able to overcome that lack of athleticism and that lack of foot speed on a, on a track um, because of all those tricks he has. Um, and, and so that's why I like him above some of these more hype guys, for instance, like uh, Greg Little or uh, Yanni Kajust or, um, you know, even Caleb McGarry, guys like that. Okay.
1: Um, all extremely well said. Your write-ups are, they're, they're funny, much like our conversation here, but they're really, really well informed. It's got the, the, the mock draftable web on there, too, of all the athletic testing these guys have. They're simply outstanding. You can find those at Roto World. And Thor, where else can they find you, and especially your, your Twitter handle? I mean, he's a must-follow, obviously.
0: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Thorku, T H O R K U, and uh, yeah, come and check out all our content at the Roto World NFL Draft section.
1: And the defensive guys will be coming, I assume, next week. Um, coming
0: later this week, actually. Later this week. Wow. Yeah, I think, wow. I, think, yeah, I, th- I, think uh, I think interior defensive linemen go tomorrow, and oh, then we baby. have edge, I believe, on Friday. Yeah, wow. we're we're motoring through, Matt. Man, I might have to have
1: you back again. Uh, there's Love too to. much good stuff. Folks, I will be back tomorrow, and we will have the the normal uh, murderer's row coming up here of Schofield and Sando the next two days. Uh, That is a wrap over and out.